Welcome to the next message from Encounter Church. For more information about our church, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the message. All right, everybody. Welcome back in. We're going to go ahead and uh, get into the message today. I hope everyone enjoyed just a time of worship. I thought that was really powerful. It was really... um, it was really awesome. Thank you, Cam and Aubrey, for leading worship this morning. All right, so uh, today we are continuing our uh, message series called Coming Clean. Um, it's really all about creating a spiritual focus in our lives. That's really what the, the theme of the month is, is, right? Like, we always want to start off the year, and everybody's thinking about New Year, New You, that whole thing. But the idea of really starting off the year in the right way, spiritually and putting Christ at the center of our lives and investing in time in his presence, which will uh, affect everything else in our lives um, so that we can experience his plan for our lives, his purpose for our lives and, and his protection. So coming clean is about what it takes to experience God on a daily basis and see him working in our lives. And so last week we started um, our study over the, for the three weeks on with a message called the mountaintop, and it's really anchored in this passage of scripture in Psalm 24, verses three and four, which says, "Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who has the right to stand in God's presence?" And it says, "The one who has clean hands and a pure heart." And so, the big idea of last week's message, the mountaintop, was the path to God's presence begins with purity. If we want to experience what God has for us in his hopes, in our dreams, in our, our opportunities that come up this year, in the challenges and the struggles, if we want what God has for us in those moments, we have to have clean hands, a pure heart, and a willing spirit. Well, this week we're going to kind of dive deeper into that and what does it mean to, to do that? How do we go about doing that? So if we want to be on that mountaintop space, if we want to stand in God's presence, we want to do it on a daily basis, what do we need? And so I've titled this week's message, Deep Clean. I've entitled this one, Deep Clean. And so I want to tell you a story. Um, When I was in college, speaking of dorm rooms, it's funny, we were just talking about dorm rooms. Um, So we have one of those mini refrigerators. How many of you guys have ever, you know, ever had one of those in your dorm rooms? It's like a little mini fridge um, that you could have, you know, like food in or you'd have some drinks in or other whatever you might want to put medicine or whatever you'd put in there. Um, So we had one of those in our dorm room and it was me and uh, one of my roommates. And we would, um, you know, put food in there. Well, apparently something had at one point spilled in the refrigerator and somehow actually I maybe even spilled, I think there may have been a couple spills um, and something was actually spilled behind the refrigerator and sort of like dripped and like kind of pooled on the floor underneath the, the fridge. And so over time we started to notice this sort of odor or smell that we couldn't figure out what it was. Um, so we would come home from, you know, come back to the room after class and there would be that smell immediately because, you, you know, you're used to other smells. And so you walk into the room and now all of a sudden there's this, this smell that you can't figure it out. So we're like looking around, did I like not do the laundry this week or in the last two weeks, which was not un- infrequent? Um, or, you know, maybe like, you know, is, is it the underwear that I'm wearing? You know, I don't know, like, because like, <laughs> you know, guys, you know, are kind of gross. I was never like that, but, you know, whatever. Um, you know, and so then you like we'd open the fridge and, and it was like, 
oh man, it's in the refrigerator. So, so then like, I would like look for, for something like, oh, there's takeout, right? From, from a few days ago. So I would throw the takeout away and then assume everything was going to go away and then go about my life. And then three, two or three days later, realize that the smell is getting worse. And like, what is going on? Right? So you just kind of do like, uh, first I tried to avoid it. I didn't want to deal with it at all. Um, I would just, you know, forget about it. I'd be like, well, I'm just going to go downstairs and do my homework instead of being in my room. Or, you know, I would get a candle or like an air freshener or something, right? You know, that's for a while. But then the smell just started to kind of like, like overtake the room. So then I was like, I tried to do the bare minimum to be able to clean out the refrigerator. I started, you know, um, I got like an air freshener and sprayed it around the room and then maybe like took like a napkin and like trying to like wipe down the inside, threw away anything that was old. Um, and it didn't work. Nothing would work until I realized that there was actually a spill of something. I still don't know to this day what it was because it had turned pink. Um, <laughs> underneath and behind the refrigerator. So we actually pulled the refrigerator out of the wall area, out of the, out of the little nook that it was in. And underneath was this like festering like growth of nastiness. And it took a scrub. It took like a nasty like, you know, Lysol all over it, right? And clean up the whole thing to make the smell eventually go completely away. Well, just like my college fridge, okay, um, each of us have things in our lives that smell um, or need cleaned up, right? Each one of us have things in our lives that are, that we've either tried to avoid, right? That maybe we've done surface cleaning on, you know, and kind of just barely addressed it or touched it a little bit, um, but in reality, what we really want, what we need, if we want to be what this verse of Scripture talks about, right, is who may ascend the mountain of the Lord, who may stand in his place, the one who has clean hands and a pure heart and a willing spirit. We need a deep clean so we can ascend that mountain. And so the Scripture verse that I want to look at today that talks about this idea of a deep clean, we're actually going to look at two passages of Scripture today. This one is in Revelation chapter 2. Verses 1 through 5, and if any of you have grown up in church, and uh, or maybe particularly traditional churches, you've probably heard a lot of Revelation, um, but there are the, where Jesus speaks to various churches, right? And he tells them, you have done these good things, but I count this against you, right? He says, this is a problem that needs addressed. And I think it's really interesting because that's what God looks at us. We, we like to, particularly in, in, our, in American Christianity, we love that Jesus is full of grace, right? We love his goodness and his mercy and his forgiveness. We like the butterfly feelings in our stomach of being forgiven and filled with mercy, and so we go, well, I'm forgiven. What does it matter? But the reality is, is that Jesus looks at us and goes, you're my child and I care about you. And even though you got an A in that class, you got a D in this one. And that's a problem. And this is where the heart of this verse comes from. In Revelation chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, it says this, Write to the angel of the church in Ephesus. Thus says the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand and who walks among the seven golden lampstands. In other words, that's Jesus. I don't know. He's got like a bunch of nicknames. I know your works. He says, I know what you do. I know your labor. I know your endurance. I know that you cannot tolerate evil people. This all sounds pretty good so far. You have tested those who call themselves apostles and they're not. And you have found them to be liars. I know that you have persevered and endured hardships for the sake of my name and have not grown weary. Oh, but accidentally, somehow I didn't include the other part of the verse. 
So then he goes on to say, but I have this against you. He says, you have forgotten your first love. You have forgotten what it is that got you to this point. It says it right here. But I have this against you. You have abandoned the love that you had at first. The love you had at first. Remember then how far you have fallen and repent and do the works that you did at first. Otherwise, I will come to you and I will remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. So that's pretty harsh, right? And I'm, this is not a message that's meant to make anyone feel bad. But there is the reality is that if there is a refrigerator of our lives and there is some spill or some smell or some mess that needs cleaned up, if we don't take care of it, there is an element of that we will not, we will not receive what God has for us. We will not, there are limits to his ability or desire or because of his own holiness, because of who he is, that, that the compromise in our life keeps us from experiencing some of the things that God wants to offer to us. For example, for some of us, we want peace in our lives, but we can't receive peace in our lives if we continue to disrupt our lives willingly. You know, We can't receive his comfort or we can't receive his answer to prayer in our lives sometimes because we are not doing the things that we're responsible for. Now, I will be the first to admit to you, this is not like a formula. It's not like, oh, I sinned today, therefore God doesn't answer my prayers. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is in the overall concept is that the things that we want for this year, we look ahead to 2020 and we say, God, I want your plan to unfold in my life. I want your purpose fully realized in my life. I want your protection in my life, right? But if I step out of his spotlight willingly, well, now I'm now I've stepped out of his protection. So like, I can't blame God for the things that I've done myself. And so the reality of this is, is that there are things in our lives that are causing these smells that are causing these things. And some of us are avoiding them. Some of us are just doing surface cleaning and not actually dealing with the problems. And the reality is, is that we need to do a deep clean. So where is the smell coming from in our lives? And there are three things that I thought about of spaces in our lives that I just want, to, want you to consider this morning. And then we're going to talk about how do we do the deep clean. The first one is compromise. I think compromise is probably one of the easiest places for us that we can look into our lives and identify spaces in which that maybe are creating like smells, like these spaces that we need to deal with. Compromise. Um, it's really easy um, particularly if you if you are constantly engaged in secular spaces um, where you go to school or you go to work and you're surrounded by people who are not followers of Jesus and you're not spending time in the word on a regular basis and allowing it to read your soul and to speak into your spirit, what you can find is challenge. It's a real challenge to stay true to what you know is right. And it's easy to introduce compromise. And all it takes is one little thing. There's a verse in the, in the Bible that talks about how sin so easily entangles you. And it says that it entices you. And once you have given in, it drags you away, right? So you might not for like, so for example, pornography comes to my mind. You know, you might not consider your, you might not ever think that you would be addicted to pornography, but all it takes is maybe watching a movie that has like a sex scene in it, if that's something that you're really susceptible to, and then you find yourself thinking about it later in the week, and then you go out to find certain websites or magazines and things like that, and before you know it, you're in that space. The same thing can be true like at work, for example. I mean, compromises at work. You know, you could be under a deadline, 
you know, and in that space, you're like, well, I have this compliance thing that I need to take care of. I have this very specific, um, you know, path I have to follow, but because you're under a deadline, you got to get it done. You maybe skip something and you kind of like, I don't think anybody will pay attention. No one's going to audit this, you know, and then it maybe becomes routine for you to do that, to, to cut that corner. There's all sorts of spaces in which compromise lives, but compromising is like essentially a hole in the armor, a space in, in the armor. You know, in the military, they talk about a compromised position, a position where the enemy now has the ability to invade into that space. It's a weak point. Compromises are places where the smells come from in our lives. Number two is complacency. So compromise, you know, is willingness, you know, uh, a, a, a little, little white things over time, little tiny things that become bigger things. But complacency is like ignoring something. Complacency is beginning, getting so used to something that you just kind of forget about putting attention to it. It's like allowing the dust to just pile up in a space. It's a lot, like if you think about, again, that guard concept, it's like the guard, you know, instead of being vigilant at his post, he's now like, you know, looking at YouTube and just sort of paying not paying attention at all. That even though he's there guarding, like someone could just immediately show up and, and just take over in that space because he's being complacent. What are the areas of our lives that we're complacent in? The spaces in which we take for granted that God does things and we just assume he will, you know, or um, the areas of our life to where we have, we've stopped giving attention to, um, to the areas that we maybe had one time, had, had an effort and we said, I know I struggle here. This is a weak point for me. And I have put effort into that space, but over time I've forgotten about it or have allowed it to just kind of you know, be uncovered. I might not be actively engaging in that thing, but I'm not actively pursuing like blocking it either. That's complacency. So compromise, complacency, and then there's outright rebellion. And this is like when you think of the word sin, like willful sin, that's what rebellion means. In fact, the concept of of, of sin itself, the word of it, it means like missing the mark and it talks about rebellion. It's whatever God has said, and we're doing something else instead. And most of what we do that's wrong is willful like that. I mean, that could be just as much as, I know that God wants me to take care of my finances, but I'm going to go get that Starbucks anyway, right? That, it could be as simple as that. Um, or it could be, um, you know, breaking the law. It could be, um, you know... Anything that we know is wrong, anything that we, even, like a compromise, if it's done willingly, is rebellion. You know, it's, it's hearing God speak to us, whether through a teaching like this, whether it be um, through a book that you're reading, whether it be through, um, you know, uh, reading scripture and the Holy Spirit like convicting you. If you come to church on Sunday and you're here or on a Wednesday or really anytime and you really like sense the Spirit of God, like pinpointing something in your life while you're you know, while you're here and then you leave and then you forget all about it, that's rebellion. Like when you choose to do something, even though you know that it's wrong, that's rebellion. And this is hard, right? I mean, all of this compromise in my life, complacency in my life and outright rebellion. I think about this passage of scripture that we just read in Revelation where he talks about it. He says, you have forgotten you have abandoned the love you had at first like he was telling 
the people, the church of Ephesus, like you have done amazing things and you are doing amazing things. You are clearly know what's right and wrong. You judge like false prophets and you said you're not welcome here because you are leading people astray. But I still have this against you. Like he's talking to the ones who he has propped up and says, you are an example. And yet there is an issue here. And so now I want to transition. In the Old Testament, um, after the, this is usually where people stop reading their Bibles, if they go through like the Bible in a year concept, right? It's real cool to go through Abraham and Genesis and into the Exodus, right? You like that whole story. It's very cool when you get through Joseph and then, you know, even into the promised land and the battles and all those cool things. But eventually you get to like the judges and then after judges and they get into the prophets and then they start setting up a king. And then you get into Kings and Chronicles. And that's where people really start losing interest because it feels more like a history lesson. But underlying what's happening there is that after King David, David had Solomon. And then after Solomon, there was a rebellion and the kingdom of Israel split into two pieces. And the southern kingdom and the northern kingdom both had kings. And what you read about in Kings, in 1 Kings and 2 Kings and 1 and 2 Chronicles is essentially king after king after king. And every one of the passages says, and this king did one of two things. Either this king followed the Lord with all his heart or this king did evil more than the king before him. Right? And what you see throughout the king's books is that there is this slide of compromise and complacency and then rebellion and their kingdom ultimately ends up being destroyed. And then we talked before about how they're put into exile and they've been captured, right? So a lot of the prophet books that we read out of, Isaiah and Jeremiah and all of those, they're actually written while these people are in captivity in foreign lands. And God is very clear. All of this happened because of your rebellion, because of your complacency, because of your uh, compromise in your life. You've forgotten who I am and your life has been overtaken now by these forces. Now that sounds really dramatic. And we're like, but God wouldn't do that to me. No, you're not going to be deported to another land. But if if we're not careful, we will look back at our lives And we will look at problems that persist in our lives and you will be able to trace them back to compromise in your life. Bad choices that you have made. You will be able to look back over complacency. I lost my job because I was complacent at work and and made mistakes. And you see what I'm saying? Or flat out rebellion. I've done things in my life that I'm not proud of and now I'm reaping the consequences of those things. But how do we get out of it? What do we do? So we have these things in our lives. We know we need a deep clean. Well, we see in 1 Kings an example of one king who decided he was going to change, change that. 1 Kings 15, verses 9 through 14. In the 20th year of Israel's king Jeroboam, Asa became king of Judah. And he reigned 41 years in Jerusalem. That's a long time to, to flip the script and to change things for the better. His grandmother's name was Makkah, daughter of Abishalom. And it says this, Asa did what was right in the Lord's sight, as his ancestor David had done. And here's what he did. He banished the male cult prostitutes from the land. Sounds weird, right? From From the land. And he removed all the idols that his fathers had made. He also removed his grandmother, Makkah, from being queen mother because she had made an obscene image of Asherah. Asa chopped down her obscene image and burned it in the Kidron Valley. The high places were not taken away, but Asa was wholeheartedly devoted 
to the Lord his entire life, right? And then we go back to that first verse that we read in, in Revelation, when Jesus was calling out the church of Ephesus saying, this is what I have against you. What is the, what is the instruction he says to them? Remember then how far you have fallen. Repent and do the works that you did at first. Otherwise, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. So how, how do we do the deep clean? How can we be like Asa? When we look now very clearly, God is saying to us today, there are things in our lives that need addressed. How do we address them? Well, right here in Revelation 2, we have three things. Number one is, what does he say? Remember. Remember. Like, remember all the messages that God has spoken into your life. Remember the things that Pastor Jared has said that the Holy Spirit has used to pinpoint something. Remember the, <clears throat> the time in your life when you were clean, when you had the pure hands and the pure heart. Remember the, the areas of your life and what it was like before you had compromise, complacency, and rebellion. <clears throat> remember how God has used you in those times. Remember the things that God has said to you. Remember what your parents have said to you. Remember the ways that you know you were expected to ask. Remember those things and recall it to memory. <clears throat> and then number two, what does he say? He says, remember how far you've fallen, but then repent. Repent doesn't just mean saying you're sorry. Repent is actually an indication of, of turning around and going in another direction willingly. So the idea here that Jesus is saying to his people, and what Asa did was Asa reversed course for his nation. He, what he saw was compromise of the king before him allowed idols to be up, allowed the temple of God to be used for other purposes other than worship, right? He allowed, they, the, these kings allowed uh, other gods to be present. They allowed um, laws to be changed. They allowed all sorts of things to happen. And the first thing Asa did was he remembered what God said to them, what the law said. He remembered what it was like, you know, in the olden days, and he took action. He repented physically by removing those things and changed the course of his behavior, but also the behavior of his nation. So for us to repent, for each of us, that means identifying the spaces in our lives that need cleaned and actually doing something about it. It means removing them. And he went so far as to remove his own family member from a royal position. Now, I don't know about you, but like if my mom or my grandmother was like in an official capacity, in an official position, like, you know, like that would be really hard because that's going to cause a whole lot of family drama right? It's going to be painful. There's going to be consequences to the fact of that decision. And the reality is, is that in my life and in your life, that if there is something that is, that is, that has caused compromise, something that has caused complacency or is rebellious in your life, that some of those things, removing them out of your life is going to be painful. It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult and will probably create drama or difficulty or obstacles for you to continue to keep that up. You might have a friend that you have to stop hanging out with. You might have to change the way you spend your money. It might mean stopping watching a certain TV show in the middle of the season. It might mean, you know, not reading a certain book. It might mean stopping going to a certain place. It might mean stopping drinking. It might mean, you know, ending a romantic relationship. There are all sorts of things that it could be that when you do it, it's going to be hard and will be difficult. 
But what we see from Asa's life is that it says that he was wholeheartedly devoted to the Lord his entire life. And he's one of only like two or three kings out of like the 30 of them that actually like set their lives in the right way and, and, is, and is recalled as being men after David's heart. And David is known after being a man after God's heart. We have to remember, we have to repent, and then it says, repeat. Like, continue doing it over and over and over again. Because the reality is, and we see this in Kings and really throughout the old, entire Old Testament, is that, is that we keep going back to those things. And I'm not saying that, you know, whatever it is that you need to address in your life, that when you, you know, address it now, that it will be gone forever. What I, what I know to be true, and this is really where complacency and compromise come into play, is that you may be put up guard for a while, and you do a good job with it, but then you become complacent with it, and then it needs to be, you know, addressed again. You know, some things, different things for others, will last for the rest of your life. Certain things that you will struggle with will be things that you are just more susceptible to them. You will always deal with it, and you need to acknowledge that. Remember, Scripture says, remember that. This is something you will deal with, and it doesn't mean you're a failure. It doesn't mean that you are defective because you struggle with that thing, because I promise you that even if somebody next to you doesn't struggle with that thing, they struggle with something else. We are human beings, and we are weak. We are individuals who naturally have sin built into us. We are, it's part of our nature, and for some of us, it's fear, and you will struggle with fear forever. It doesn't mean you will be controlled by it, but it means you will have to pay attention to it. For some of you, it's lust. For some of you, it is overspending. For some of you, it's, there's all sorts of things. But repeat this process. Remember what God has called you to. Repent of the things that we have done wrong or the areas that we've allowed to be complacent or compromised or be rebellious against. And then repeat that cycle. Repeat that process over and over and over again. And so here's the big idea for today's message. To come clean, God does not demand perfection. He desires effort. He doesn't demand perfection. And I want, I want to make sure, I know in a message like this, the, 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 the danger is that you guys could walk out the door today feeling like, man, I just feel like I'm beaten down and I, I'm never going to get there, right? I mean, and I, I've been there. I know what, that, I know what that's like. And at the risk of undoing what I'm, what, I'm, what I'm trying to emphasize today, I really want to emphasize, you know, we have to be people to take this seriously. If we want God's best for our lives, we have to come clean. And this is a huge piece of that. But don't ever confuse the, the effort of wanting that, God's desire for us for that, that meaning that He demands perfection from us. He does not. But he desires the effort. And that's what complacency, that's what compromise, and that's what rebellion are. That's not making the effort. That's the opposite of it. That's ignoring what God is saying to us. That's willingly choosing to do what God has asked us not to do. Like, that's not making an effort. Making an effort is going, God, I want to, and I screwed up, and I'm sorry. Give me grace. Give me the strength to try again, you know? Like, what else can I try? What else can I do? What, is, what more is needed? God, I need you more in my life. I want you to be at the center of my life. Like we sang in that song, be the center of my life. Be the center of my, my, my prayer, you know? Does that mean that I need to be, um, that I need to take a break for something? Like, whatever. Like, that's the willing spirit we talked about last week. In order to have the clean hands and the pure heart, we have to have a willing spirit. And the effort is the willingness. Like, God, I'm screwing up and I hate it. And guys, I'll tell you, from my own life, there are times, and I'm sure most of you guys know what this feels like. 
that you 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 want it's not that you don't want to be better you don't want to to continue to rebel but sometimes you you do it because you can't help yourself or, or feels that way and then you just feel gross you feel you feel guilty you feel ashamed and you hate it and even in those moments god is not looking at you like as i can't believe it you're done it's the last time ever that's not the way that it is like god will always respond to a broken contrite heart he will always respond to, to, to repentance with the right heart. So to come clean, God doesn't demand perfection. He desires effort. Remember, repent, and repeat. Let's close our eyes and let's pray. God, um, <clears throat> these messages are hard and they're challenging. And I pray right now against even complacency in our hearts. Um, maybe for myself or for others in the room, we hear a message like this, we've heard messages like this before, and we don't want to deal with the things in our lives that throughout it, you're just like a woodpecker chipping away at it, but we just keep like like ignoring it. We keep ignoring it, or we keep just avoiding it, or we're like, we do like real basic surface things to make it feel like it's better. We just kind of cover it with the smell a little bit, cover the smell up, and then we just go back to our lives. And there are things that you are calling out today. There are things that you are looking at us. You're saying, Jared, you're saying to each individual in here, like, I want more for you. I have more for you, but you can't get there if you aren't willing to take a look at these areas, if not willing to do something about it. Your complacency. Your, your compromise, your rebellion. God, we give you permission right now to, to shine a spotlight in our lives, to identify the areas of our lives. Um, and right now, even if some of us are blind to it because we don't want to see or we've trained ourselves for so long to ignore it, maybe even, you know, like there's some of us, we walk with a limp, um, you know, and we get used to it. And that's the way we walk the rest of our lives because we've ignored it. God, I, I pray that for some of us, even in, our, in our, our spiritual lives, we're walking with limps and we're not even aware of it. I pray that you would remind us, you would show us, just like you said to the church in Ephesus, remember, remember. God, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, cause us to remember who you have called us to be and show us the areas of our lives that are not measuring up. And then give us the courage, Lord, to remember and to repent of those things. Um, and I think it's important for each one of us guys in the room right now, if that's your heart, God, like call it out. Like if you want to repent of something specific in your mind, just say it to him now. But even if you're like, God, I don't know if I can or I don't know what it is and I, I can't see it right now, then your heart is, should be instead, God, I want to see it. Show me. God, show me. Help me to see. Shine a spotlight in my heart. Let me know. Holy Spirit, draw attention to that thing and give me the, the heart to hear your words to repent. God, break my heart for those things. Break my heart of stone and soften it to, to see what you're saying and to be willing to respond. Give us the willing spirit so that we can have clean hands and pure hearts. I thank you for what you're saying to us in this January. God, we want your best for us. We want your plan to unfold. We want your purpose to unfold. We want your protection and guidance in our lives this year in our dreams and our hopes and our opportunities and in our struggles and in our um, challenges. Um, we just ask for you to be with us as we um, just go forward. We love you and thank you for what you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If you call Encounter Church Home or if you'd like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterGiving.com. 
Also, stay up to date with us throughout the week by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at EncounterPGH. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.